Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, February 2nd edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host on Tuesday mornings, Mr. Cole Shelton. Cole, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good, Cole. I know you've been busy, man. Uh, even during the off weeks, Cole, you're still grinding away. Same with me, man. But uh, we do finally have an event again this weekend. And uh, it's actually a really solid card, I think. I would argue that this card, the Overeem Volkov fight night, is a better card than UFC 258, which is the pay-per-view that they want us to spend $65 on next week, Cole. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's obviously the main event of 258 has it, but I think you go down the rest of the card. I think Edgar Sandhagen is better co-main than Gassimer Heinisch or Barbara Grasso. I don't really know which one they're going to put as co-main. So. And then even the rest of the main card, like... Uh, Pantoja Cape's a really good fight. Uh, Diego Ferreira, Benil Dariush, I'd pick that yeah. over any other main card fight on 258. I'm with you. Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. There's even some ones on the prelims, like uh, Justin James, Devontae Smith, which you got at. I think that's just going to be a really fun fight for as long as it lasts. Like um, Michael Johnson, Clay Guida, say what you want about him, but both those guys are always in pretty entertaining fights. So yeah, I really like this card a lot. Uh, dude, I love this card. I spent. Uh... All night breaking it down, going through every fight. There's a few that are like really tough to pick, in my opinion. Um, some no-brainers, but in general, I think a well-matched card. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is, cool. that co-main event should have been a main event somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think agree. that Frankie and Corey should have been for five rounds because I feel like it might go the full five. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. By the way, Marcel just messaged me. He said that James and, and Smith's at 160, which I knew about. But he's also saying value of in uh, day is at 145. I'd, yeah, him, I, I'd see 140, so 145. It's a featherweight fight because they taking on short notice. Uh, maybe Mr. Marcel will jump in the chat. But anyways, it's uh, – really, go, ahead, go ahead. Before we get into it, would you even – I was thinking about this yesterday. I would have honestly flipped the main and co-main event. I think Edgar Sandhagen yeah. is a main event. I think you do Wolverine Volkov as a co-main. But that's just me personally because I think Edgar Sandhagen probably goes five rounds. I agree completely. I remember when I actually wrote the uh, the first article for it when it, the news broke. I was like surprised. I was like, the, the date is the same as the Overeem card. I'm not sure if there's a mistake. I remember writing that in the article, thinking, why would this fight be for three rounds? Because to me, that could be a number one contender fight, Cole. And I think most number one contender fights should be for five rounds, especially a Bantamweight fight where it's likely yeah. to go the full five rather than Volkov Overeem, which I don't see going five. Although I, I know that Marcel said yesterday he thinks it could go five. But I think in general, uh, a Bantamweight fight between two skilled guys like that is much more likely, Cole, to need the full five rounds. That's why I thought we needed five-round fights. So we have fights like that. There are a number of contender fights. We have the extra two rounds to really determine who the better guy is. I don't think Overeem Volkov's going to need the full five. But anyways, I digress. Let's kick into it, Cole. First fight in the card. And there, by the way, there are like two fights that don't have odds for them yet. But we will uh, give our thoughts on those fights. And we'll give like a pick tentative pick because it could change depending on the odds but i think we both uh have some pretty strong leads in those fights all right first up we have a 140 pound catchweight fight between oday osborne and denny's bondar denny's bondar minus 160 oday osborne plus 140 cool what do you think of this fight yeah this is a tough one and it's hard to really pick because i don't really know much about bondar i tried to look up some stuff on him like based on his record like he has been fighting the highest level of competition. Like he did fight a guy that was seven and one like four fights ago, but the fight before was oh and two and four and three and like two one and one. So I don't really know. Ode Osborne obviously had a lot of hype coming off the contender series. He's actually favored over uh, Brian Callagher, like a minus one seventy, minus one eighty, which is kind of interesting because now he's a betting underdog. But 
I will go with Ode Osborne here. I think he's a bit better grappler. I think their grappling kind of negates each other where it's going to primarily be up on the feet. I think Osborne's a bit uh, better on the feet. I It doesn't say Bonder's reach, but Osborne has a pretty good reach for bandwidth 72 inches. So I'm not too sure if that's going to be a factor in this one, but I like Osborne just to be able to keep his fight standing because I think they're grappling. When you have two grapplers, it's normally going to be on the feet. I think he's a bit better striker where he'll win a decision. But I do think people are kind of just overlooking Osborne after his debut loss, which was to Brian Keller, who I think is a borderline top 15 guy. Yeah, I like this fight. And uh, guys, throw your picks in the chat. I'll definitely read them. And uh, we have Babel fan here. We have Daniel Edwards here. Good morning, guys. Uh, Daniel says he's got O'Day Osborne. I think he's being overlooked. He'll learn from the uh, the quick loss to Brian Kelleher. All right, my thoughts on this fight are initially looking at it, I was kind of surprised to see Osborne as a dog just because I remember him being really good in contender series, and I, I feel like he had a kind of a tough debut against an underrated guy, quite frankly, Brian Kelleher, who doesn't get much respect, I think. So that's a tough, that's a tough fight. But, Man, I watched tape on Bonder. He's good, man. He is good. 14-2 record. He's on an eight-fight win streak right now. And he's finishing everyone, too. Like, I watched his tape. He looks really good to me, man. Great grappling. Able to take guys down at will. His striking's good, too. He's got knockout power. Uh, I think the guy's really good. I, I I was very impressed by his tape. I don't go into tape hoping to be impressed. I just watch and see what happens. But in this case, I actually liked what I saw quite a bit. So I'm glad I watched it. It made me feel more confident with my picker. Cool. I'm going to go with Bonder, the favorite here. Um, am I going to bet it? Probably not. Just because, you know, as much as you, as good as he looked on tape, we haven't seen him fight in the UFC yet. This is a big step up, in my opinion, against a guy like Bonder or um, uh, Osborne's fought in the UFC already. Like, he hasn't fought bad competition in Europe. It's been decent, but not great. And I think Osborne's kind of proven he's a little bit step ahead of some of these guys, but I still believe in what I've seen. So I'm going to pick this guy. Just, I don't know enough to bet on him, Cole. Like, I'm not going to risk my hard earned money that I'm busting my ass for to bet on someone that's ever fought in the UFC. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but I'm still going to pick Bonder. Battlefan. Ode was supposed to go down to 125 fight with Bear. I'm surprised he can't. Uh, he's fighting a catcher at 140. That's crazy. I didn't know that at all. That's crazy. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we're at opposite ends here, Cole, which is good. Good to start off the card with a little bit of uh, dissension. Okay. Next up, we got Yusuf Zalal against Sung Lu Choi at 145. Right now, we have Zalal. Wow, big favorite here, minus 255. Choi plus 195. What's your pick in this one, Cole? I don't really understand why Yusuf Saul is always this big favorite. Like he was a, I get the Peter Barrett one, um, Aliri Tuporia. I guess we just didn't know enough about him. But Zalal's not this like undefeated future champion that everyone that the odds kind of peg him against. Like he lost back to back fights in LFA, um, then one one fight got to the UFC. Like where he struggles is against grapplers. Like we saw that with Tuporia. And Sung Choi is not that. He's just a kickbox. And I think in a striking match, I think Yusuf Slaw can probably beat a lot of guys striking-wise. His just footwork, his head movement, he's just very active on the feet. Where I think he's going to pick apart Sung Choi. But the odds are way too high for me. Like, I can't let minus 255 on Yusuf Slaw here. Especially after his last fight where he's just kind of disappointing against Tapuria. But Sung Choi, like, I just can't get a read on him. Like, obviously his first two UFC fights, really tough against Mavzar Eblov and Gavin Tucker. Beat uh, Sue and uh, Mark Terrian, who I'm not too high on. But that was in December 2019. So it's been a long layoff for him, which kind of scares me away. But you don't really know how much he's going to improve after the layoff. But I'll go with the law by decision. I just think the odds are a bit too high. I agree completely. I agree 100% with everything you just said, Cole. Uh, glad we're on the same page with this one. These odds are crazy to me. Why is he minus 255? To me, this is actually a really close fight, Cole. I think all the values on Choi. Yeah, you know, but it's like it's really tough for me to pick him because of how much he struggled in the UFC. 
I picked him in all three of his fights in the UFC because if you look at his stats, he's six feet tall and he has a 74 inch reach at 145 pounds. So basically he's blessed. He's blessed Cole, but he keeps making mistakes in his fights. Evlov fight, that's a tough matchup, but just kind of just didn't do much. Got taken down too much. Got taken down five times. Gavin Tucker took him down five times. I think the Gavin Tucker fight is very similar to this fight because Tucker also had a reach disadvantage. In this case, it's a loss two inches only, but Tucker had his eight inch reach disadvantage and overcame that by taking him down at will. Mokhtarian didn't take him down. Mokhtarian's not a wrestler. That fight was designed to get that guy a win. He got the job done, but the other two fights, man, it, it, to me, Cole, look at the two losses. He was taken down 10 times in the two losses. Zalal is not an amazing wrestler, but he did take down Lingo six times. He did take down Barrett three times. Griffin took it down twice. Griffin's a little bit underrated himself, I think. But yeah, so if, as far as this fight goes, Cole, this this is a dogger pass situation, guys. I would not bet on Zalal at this price. I do think at the end he probably does win. I, I got to pick him just because of the bad takedown defense from Choi. It's not very good. It's 66%, but he's been taken down 10 times. That's that's a lot. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Zalal because of the takedowns, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if Choi wins. To be honest with you, this is a fight I'm going to look at the weigh-ins because if Choi is that much bigger than I think he might be, I might actually switch my pick and take the dog because I think Cole, he should be, Jalal should be about minus, one, 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 minus 180 maybe, like minus 170. Like I don't see why he's minus 250. I don't see why he's that big of a favorite. Babel Sand says everyone will struggle with Tapiria, to be honest. Lol's got this. I, I agree with that. Tapiria is, is really good. But, you know, choice, dude, choice two losses are to Evlov and Tucker Cole. Like those are not bad losses looking back. So, like they're both those guys are good. Dan Edwards, Zalal appears to be pretty easy to predict where he's going to win. I think the odds are a reflection of that. I mean, I think a lot of people thought he'd beat Tapuri and he got pretty much dominated in that fight, right? So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know, Cole. Like, I like this guy. He's looked pretty good in the UFCs, like three and one. That's that's a solid rookie season. I, I don't know. Like This fight is a little bit weirder than I think some people are giving it credit for, but I digress. Let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Molly McCann against Laura Procopio. And right now, McCann, minus 160, Procopio, plus 140. Who you got in this women's flyweight boat? Yeah, this fight's really interesting. Molly McCann, obviously, a big favorite against Tulia Santos. I was Tulia Santos coming off that loss to Rivero Barella. We didn't really know what she was like. Really good fight for her. Um, obviously, I think this is – I agree with the odds. I think this is Molly McCann's fight to lose. If she could keep standing, I think she's a lot better box than what uh, Procopio is. But – if it goes down to the ground, like it's going to be kind of interesting because we saw that's where Santos had a lot of success against Molly McCann, but I'm still pretty high Molly McCann. I don't really know where she fits this division. I think she's a borderline top 15 girl in this division, which she was for that Santos loss. Like she does have some good wins. Uh, Ariane Lipsky, uh, Cashewary, I guess like her wins are okay, I guess, but she struggles against grapplers. Jillian Robertson, Talia Santos. I don't think Procrio is as high level grappler. Those girls are. So I think she'll be able to keep it standing. Just Kind of outstrike Procrio with a decision. Yeah, this is an interesting fight, man. I mean, looking at it, I thought McCann probably, and then I looked deeper into the fight, and I'm actually kind of going to go – I think I'm going to go with Procopio here, actually, as a dog, um, at plus 140. I, By the way, the odds open at minus 400. That is nuts. I would have loved to get Procopio at plus 300, but I'm still going to take it at plus 140. I'll tell you why. Number one, she's five years younger. Number two, she has a five-inch reach advantage. That's huge. Five inches, guys, that's massive. This fight's going to take place on the feet, I think. Look at her fight with Carol Rosa. She landed 165 significant strikes, lost a split decision. Rosa's also on this card. She's a great prospect, too. The problem I have with this is the fight was a year and a half ago. That's the problem I have. That was on the Andrade Jean card in August 2019. So it's been a long time since she's fought. But having said that, Cole, all the upside is Procopio here, man. She's the younger fighter. She, like I said, has the reach advantage. 
from what I saw on her Instagram, she looks in great shape for this fight. Despite the layoffs, she looks like she's ready to go. The layoff still scares me enough that I can't play it, but I'm going to take the dog here. I'll take Procopio and uh, take her to win by decision. I think this is going to go the distance for sure. I don't see a finish in this fight. <laughs> Battle fan, my bathroom break fight. I mean, listen, the girl did really well in her one fight. She lost a split decision and landed almost 200 significant strikes. So this fight might be more entertaining than people are thinking because I think McCann's a scrapper too. But yeah, I mean, you're going to have to go to the bathroom at some point, Battle fan. So got to pick the fight. I used to pick the John Fitch fights. That's when I used to go, Cole, when he used to just like lie on top of guys. Daniel Edwards, Tyler Santos didn't follow the script. It would have been nice for her to warn us. I actually, I had Santos. I loved her in that. I, wait, wait. No, we didn't love her in that fight. Sorry. I loved her against Robertson. I love McCann in that fight. We got screwed by that one. <laughs> that one fan. Don't apologize, you double champ. And he says this fight's at 125. Yeah, it's at 125. So that's interesting, too. I mean, that the fact she's dropping 10 pounds, but I, I'm just not too high in McCann. I got to be honest, guys. Like, she's had some good performances. She's been better than I thought. But after that last fight, to me, she's kind of a one-dimensional fighter. And I actually think Procopio might be able to mix takedowns in, too. So I'm going to take all the upside here, take the younger fighter, the fighter who's longer, uh, Procopio. All right, next up, we have a, another women's uh, boat. This is a bantamweight boat between Carol Rosa and Jocelyn Edwards. I like this fight a lot, Cole. Right now, we have Carol Rosa minus 230, Edwards plus 190. Who's your pick, Cole? Yeah, this is another interesting one. I'm kind of surprised by the odds, but I do like Carol Rosa here. Jocelyn Edwards surprised me with her. You know, not really surprised me, but she looked really good against uh, Yanon Wu. That was just a fight I didn't really trust either of them. Obviously, Edwards prevailed, but... I just think Carol Rose is a bit better grappler than what Edwards is. I don't think Edwards will be able to take her down, which she did to Wu. On the feet, I think Rose is – I think it's pretty similar, but I think Rose is going to have a lot of success on the grappling. I think she's just, she just seems like a lot bigger and stronger. Right? I wouldn't be surprised if she can just be able to hold Edwards down and just kind of grind out a decision. It's definitely a close fight. There's definitely paths of victory for Edwards. Like She looked very impressive in her de uh, debut against Wu, but – I think Rose is a lot better than Lou. I think Rosa can win this fight. And especially with Edwards taking on short notice, I'm not really sure what kind of shape she is. She obviously just fought, but how much notice she had to fight or prepare for a Carol Rosa. So I'll go Carol Rosa by decision. And just to, for the last fight, Dale says, to be fair, Molly, a lot of uh, women going to be finished by the version of Santos. Yes, Taylor Santos is good. She's uh, very underrated. As far as this fight goes, Cole, yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I'm going to lean towards Rosa. Now, I'm actually someone who did pick Edwards the last time against Wu. I liked her as a dog. She flipped to a favorite at the end, but, um, you know, she's good, man. Like I said, when I told you about her two weeks ago, Cole, like her tape looked great and long striking, like long range striking, good ground game too, submissions. I think she's well-rounded and dangerous and she's big too. She's 5'8 with a 70 inch reach. So three inches taller, three inch reach advantage in this fight. So that's, that's promising. I mean, she's got path to victory, like you said, but I still got to go with Rosa Cole because what I've seen from her, she is a really good prospect, guys. Um, the Procopio fight we just talked about, it was an absolute war. I'd go back and watch that fight, by the way. Like, it didn't win fight the night, but it could have. Like, it was an absolute slugfest. Um, Carl Rosa attempted 351 significant strikes, landed 171. Procopio attempted 290 and landed 165. So when do we ever see a war like that between two women at uh, 135? Very rarely. So go back and watch that fight. But, yeah, I mean, Rosa's been impressive, man, against Procopio and against Melo, who just picked up her first win, dominated that fight, Cole. She's just a good striker. She's got good grappling, I think, too. I think she's the better fighter in this instance. So despite Edwards having that great win, and, and don't get me wrong, she looked fantastic, and I would not be surprised if she did win this fight. I still got to go with Rosa a little bit, Cole. Um, I, I just, I'm really high on her, guys. I think she could be a serious contender at 135. And I, I apologize. You're right. It's Hosa. Carol Hosa. 
Hosa is the main training partner of Jessica Andrade. I really like her. That's what Marcel's saying. I think uh, Edwards right now more tougher than Montano taking Rosa by decision. Yep, that's what I have to you. I think you said decision too, right, Cole? Yep. Okay. Next up, we have okay. So the next, uh, yeah, the next two fights, I think, Cole. We don't have odds for them, uh, right? Or the, the next fight, we have odds for for. Uh, no. Uh, no, there's three. Okay, there's three fights coming up, guys, where we don't have odds. So we'll give our breakdowns, and I'll give my like prediction of what the odds are going to be. This fight was booked on like a few days' notice. Justin James against Devontae Smith, 160 pound catchweight. I believe Smith is going to open as a favorite here, no doubt about it, just based on the fact he was like minus 1,000 in his last fight. He'll probably be like minus 200, minus 250. What do you think, Nicole? Something like that? Yeah, I think like probably 250, 300. Just 50, 300, yeah. yeah. I don't think too many people are high on Justin James. Like, he's not a bad fighter. He's not terrible. He picked up that win over Camacho, but. He's a one-round fighter, Cole. He's got one round to finish Smith. And he could do it because Smith's been knocked out. But give me your thoughts on this fight, knowing we don't have odds. But give me your tentative pick. And the fights with no odds, we won't reserve the right to change those picks um, by Wayans. But go, go ahead, Cole. Yeah, this is the scariest Justin James there can be. When I saw him at his interview with James, he basically said he knows he has one round. So this is what he did against Frank Camacho. He knew he had one round. So basically just throw everything. <clears throat> hopefully you can knock him out. If not, he's probably getting finished. I think Devontae Smith, obviously that last fight against Kamworthy was just kind of crazy. He was this massive favorite. Kamu no one really knew who Kamworthy was, and he just caught him. It's been a while since Devontae Smith, a lot of personal reasons, and then just injuries. But I like Devontae Smith here. I think he can survive that onslaught that first round. I wouldn't even be surprised if Devontae Smith wrestles. I know he's not that big of a wrestler, but Justin Jane's takedown events is not good. I think if Smith can just ride out that first round, I think it's his fight to lose. But I think second round, Bonnie Smith will end up TKOing him. Yeah, you know what? I uh, I tend to agree. Um, Justin James, listen, man, he he surprised me against Frank Camacho. Like he he went out there and did what he needed to do. I remember Bisping, I think, commentated that fight, and he's like, this guy took the fight on like one day's notice or something, cool, two days' notice. He's like, he's got two minutes to get the knockout, and he did it. So it was impressive and battle fan guitar hero, dude. That was my favorite game back in uh, university, man. First and second year. We used to go just play that all night, dude. It was awesome. But, yeah, as far as this fight goes, Cole, I mean, listen, like, Smith, dude, the amount of, like, <laughs> adversity he's dealt with lately, his sister was murdered, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, he's missed a year and a half. He was coming off a brutal knockout. Like, this guy's, man, he's been struggling. But I still believe in him, Cole. You know, should he have ever been minus 1,000 against anyone? Probably not. That that line against Worthy was dumb. I never saw it coming, but I I'm just saying, like that was looking back pretty nuts against the guy who was on a long win streak at that point. But I still believe in this guy's talent. I'm gonna show you guys a video right now. Someone had talked about this on uh, mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, and I found the video. So this is uh to pull it up there. Dude. This is this is um what's his name? Smith against Fred Stonehouse. Watch this knockout. This is one of those nastiest knockouts. So late, this dude didn't even wake up. Look at this knockout here. Like it just shows how much power this guy's have. This guy has Cole. Look at this. This dude, this can, uh, Canadian fighter, Fred Stonehouse from Ottawa. Cole. Look at this dude, man. He's like dead. They're gonna show an image here. He just looks like he's freaking dead. Look at this guy. So look at they can't even get the mouthpiece out. This is like one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen, dude. I thought the guy was dead, man. They brought the stretcher out. He was okay, but I think he fought one other time. You, how crazy was that, Cole? So the guy's got power. So I'm gonna pick him. I'm not going to bet money on Devontae Smith after a year-long layoff, year and a half off, coming off a brutal knockout loss, coming off his sister's murder. How's his mental game right now? I have no idea. There's too many question marks. But I do like this. Smith and uh, James under 1.5, Cole. I don't see it going long, Cole. I think it ends in the first round. So 
yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, Smith or a Dan Roberts. And make sure you ban Yeesh, ban Smith, man. It's too dangerous. Fred Stonehouse. I'm just, I'm disappointed in your that dude when you don't have Flint as your nickname. That is so funny. Yeah, he's actually a Canadian fighter. I saw MMA Lock in the night tweeting about it. I never saw that fight. Went and found it. Holy crap, poor guy. So yeah, Cole, we we're going to go with Smith, but I mean, let me ask you, Cole. If the odds come out and Smith is minus five hundred and James is plus four hundred, would you take a shot on him? I'd just take uh, James around one knockout shot because that's the only way Justin James wins. Like he yeah. is not winning a decision. Yeah. He's not winning a second round. He's not winning a third round. He is literally. He was open about James. He's literally like, I got one round to knock this dude out. If I don't knock him in the first round, I'm getting knocked out. Like uh, at least he's very open about it. Like he knows his whole strategy. Like. It was the same thing you were saying against Frank Camacho. I got one round to try to knock this guy out. Yeah, exactly. So I'm with you, Cole. Um, I will say this. If Smith doesn't get that knockout in the first round, it'll be interesting to see how he gas if he gasses out in the second because we don't really know much about his card either. But in general, I think he's the better fighter. Next fight, again, this is another similar situation, guys. We don't have odds because it's a short-notice fight. But Timur Valiev is going to fight at 145 against Martin Day. It's a short-notice, uh, not catchweight fight. It's 145. But Day's taking on really short-notice, Cole. Um I expect Valiev to be favored here, uh, especially he, he was a huge favorite against Trevor Jones. He lost the fight, but I still think he'll be favored because Cole, quite frankly, look at Martin Day's record, Cole, 0-3 yeah. in the UFC, and he lost his contender series fight too. I, I just wonder why he's really in the UFC. Um, guy, I haven't seen much from him at all. I mean, you could argue won that Ping one fight, I guess, so maybe he's 1-2, but I don't know, Cole. What are your thoughts on this fight? Again, we don't have odds, but I, I'm assuming you'll you'll go with uh, Valiev as the favorite at least. Oh, Valiev is going to be a massive yeah. favorite, but Martin Day, like I saw James talk to me again yesterday, and it was basically he he was getting cut, so he has really nothing to lose in yeah. this fight. If he loses, he's he was getting cut anyways. Like the, he said, the UFC is basically doing him a favor. It's kind of a favor both ways. The UFC needed a fight; he offered to step in, and the UFC is doing him a favor by even letting him fight again. So he really has nothing to lose in this fight. But basically, his grappling is a major weak point. If it stays standing, Martin Day has a shot to win just because I think he's a lot better striker than what Timur Valiev is. And Timur Valiev, we saw in his last fight, can get rocked and can get stunned. Like, yeah. Trevin Jones kind of came out of nowhere to stun him. But I think Valiev is just going to go back to his roots and just absolutely wrestle Martin Day and eventually get a submission. I can't see Martin Day being in this fight for long. Like I, would, I think Valiev submits him probably first, second round. I, or it could be a ground pound TKO, but I think Valiev finishes him. Dude, I really wanted the fight with Arce because I loved Arce in that fight. I really liked him there, Cole. I'm not sure who you liked in that fight. Maybe they'll rebook it. But Valiev, to me, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I could bet on him as a massive favorite. After seeing what happened in the last fight, the fight probably should have been stopped. I talked about with Marcel yesterday. Marcel, he says Valiev's going to wrestle fuck Martin Day. Yeah, I mean, probably. Um, he wasn't too happy with that stoppage. It was kind of a weird one because Chris Tyree could have stopped the fight, Cole. Chose to let it go on. Then he stopped it, like, basically for the same thing that did he didn't stop in the first round. So kind of a weird fight, but in general, um, Valiev, I think, is the better fighter than Martin Day. Martin Day, you can't trust him. Three losses in the UFC, coming off a brutal knockout loss. Or sorry, guillotine choke. He also got knocked out by Davey Grant, though. Coming off two straight finished losses. But the one thing about him in this fight is, Cole, he has a six-inch reach advantage. So it's 67 to 73. That's something to keep in mind, guys. I mean, if he can keep the distance and keep his jab going, he could outstrike him and win the decision. But uh, Davy Grant also had a reach disadvantage call and he knocked him out. The Santos had a reach disadvantage and submitted him. Ping Wong Lu also had a shorter reach and, and he beat him. So this guy doesn't know how to use his reach properly. He's like Stefan Struve, so I can't pick him. I'm going to pick uh, Valiev. 
But I'm just saying, like, if he's minus 500 again or whatever, I, I don't think I can bet on I don't think I can trust him, Cole, even with the short notice, just because of what happened in our last fight. All right, next up, we have Mike Rodriguez against Danilo Marquez in a light heavyweight fight. I don't understand the match reading here, Cole, by the way. Mike Rodriguez minus 235 right now, Marquez plus 195. Rodriguez should have beat Ed Herman. We all think that. And then Marquez coming off a loss over arguably the worst UFC fighter ever, arguably 0-4 Kadis Ibrahimov. Cole, maybe the worst fighter we've ever seen in the UFC, possibly. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? Because to me, it's like, yeah, Mike Rodriguez should win. But is it, it's one of those fights where, are we underthinking it almost, Cole? Like, is, is this Marquez guy maybe better than we're thinking? What do you think? Yeah, it's basically, if Marquez gets the fight down on the ground, he's going to submit Mike Rodriguez. Mike Rodriguez keeps it standing. Wins the decision, maybe TKO's him, but... I can't have confidence in either guy. Like this is a definition of a pass. Like you do not have to bet this fight. I don't even care for over unders, no props or anything. Like I'm staying away from this fight because both these guys are just too inconsistent. Well, Rodriguez is really inconsistent. Marquez, it's just like, what do I really take away from his win over Ibrahimov? Like he beat a guy that isn't very good, and that was his first fight in two years, over two years. So it's. I don't really know how good he is. And Mike Rodriguez, I don't know why he's always these big favorites. Like, he's not a top 15 light heavyweight. Like, I think people are just – he's a big favorite because of everyone's like, oh, he should have won his last fight against Ed Herman. But Ed Herman is not a top 15, top 20 guy at light heavyweight. Like, he's a middleweight that doesn't want to cut weight anymore. Yeah. And for that, knocking out Pratchney out, even though he beat Khalil Roundtree, I don't put much stock into that. And then got knocked out to Don Jung, lost to John Allen, but it's no contest now. And then – beat Adam Milstead, who's no longer in the UFC, lost Devin Clark. Like, who is his best win? Prachnio? Rodriguez? Like, yeah. yeah, or Milstead. I guess at the time it was okay. Probably but, Prachnio because he actually has a win in the UFC. But he doesn't have a good win. Like, I don't know why yeah. he's big favorites. I'll pick Mike Rodriguez, but there's no way I'm betting this fighter. Even, like, I don't know how you have confidence in either guy. Like, I have absolutely zero confidence in Mike Rodriguez. I just think he sh should be able to win this fight. But I wouldn't be surprised if Marquez takes him down and submits him early. That's what Daniel's thinking. He's thinking Marquez by sub in round one. What is the prop on that? Because it's possible, right? Marquez by sub plus 565. Mm. He could win. Mike Rodriguez is pretty overrated, Cole. I mean, look at his record in the UFC. It sucks, dude. It's like two, three, and one no contest. How is that a good record, Cole? And he gets finished in all his losses, too. Like, well, the Clark fight went the distance. But in general, this guy doesn't go the distance. He either finishes you early or he gets finished kind of late or even early too actually i don't know i just i call cool, I'm, I'm not really seeing i guess as much from him as other people are like they think he's a young prospect he's 32 years old you know he's listen he's a big dude he's he's huge he's got a long reach he's got some skills don't get me wrong he's got knockout power but i'm just not convinced he should be minus 230 against really anyone especially the ed Hearn fight listen that fight should have been stopped the fact that he still couldn't get the win though fight in a fight he's destroying the other guy in cole isn't that concerning you cole like, if he gets taken down here, you could get tapped out in a second. Yep. Rune could choke, Kimura, Armbar. I don't trust him at all, man. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Rodriguez. And, and the reason I'm picking is because Marquez looked absolutely terrible against Ibrahimov. That fight was horrible. I, I would never pick either of those guys, I don't think, again. So I can't pick them. But at the same time, I'm just not confident in Mike Rodriguez, the latest massive juice. And, yes, I know I've said, you know, pass on some of these guys. But, you, you know, guys, I'd, I'd rather – uh, be really confident in a play than just throw darts at the board. In this case, I, I, I can't touch my Rodriguez goal. I'll still pick him. The path to victory is a knockout, so that's where I'm going to pick Cole. But I, I, there's no way I'm laying this juice on him. 
I'll get some comments here. Babel fan, Eber Green was the worst fighter I ever saw. Dude, he's pretty bad. I mean, 0-4 is bad, right? Like, who else? Like, how many guys go 0-4? Look at the rare. next comment, though. Was it? Oh, oh. <laughs> at that moment, George stand up and send you a fan request. <laughs> he really hates George. It's not so funny. Daniel says, you won't start saying of Marquez fight to the strap. No, I don't see that happening. Okay, I'm going to get this question. I want to save these kind of questions for the end, if you don't mind, guys. But I'll, I'll take it now just because we'll forget. Ryan Jay has, how's it going, man? He says, what do you guys think of Jake Paul versus Ben Askren notes boxing? I mean, I'm excited for it, man. I gotta, I gotta be honest. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah, I like that. Listen, I like Ben Askren. He's hilarious. Jake Paul's kind of, he's kind of wearing up, he's kind of growing on me, Cole, a little bit. Like, I didn't like the Paul brothers at first, but here's the truth. A lot of people are just like, they get really upset about this and it just, it, it waste your energy, guys. You waste your energy getting upset about this. It's gonna happen if you like it or not. Cole, it's like people with, in baseball when they complain about, the NL, I don't want the NL to have the DH. I'm sitting back and I'm like, it's, a, it's inevitable, guys. You can't control it. Don't get upset about things you can't control. So in this case, um, I'd like to fight Ryan. What do you think about the fight, man? I know Marcel doesn't like it. I know Cole likes it. Cole interviewed Ben, I think. You interviewed him, Cole? Or, or this no, week? I'm supposed to soon. Hopefully soon, eh? I mean, that's going to be a good interview. Ben is awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I like the fight. We'll talk more about that stuff after the pre after the breakdown. We only have what seven more fights left. We're done half the card. All right, next up, Cole Clay Guida versus Michael Johnson. Oh, and by the way, Cole, you said Rodriguez by knockout, right? No, I'd probably just maybe late TKO, probably decision. I just I don't really know. You have how no idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, do we? Do do I know? Um, Michael Johnson versus Clay Guida, lightweight bouts. Michael Johnson minus two twenty five, Guida plus one eighty five. The line went down. Johnson opened at minus 250. So the line's gone down a little bit. But what do you think of this one? I hate to do this because it's like a betting show, but this is another pass fight. Like, you don't have to bet on every fight. Michael Johnson and Clay Guida are the definition of inconsistent. Michael Johnson is literally as inconsistent as he can be. This guy's a knock win over Dustin Poirier at 55. He has a win over Tony Ferguson. And then he loses fights to Tiago Moises, Stevie Ray. Like, to be fair to him, he, although he is like a 500 record in the UFC and almost a 500 MA record, like look at his losses. Some of his losses are good. Obviously, like lately, Darius, Nate Diaz, Habib, Justin Gaethje, that Elkins fight, I'm sure he'd probably want that one back. Josh Emmett, no shame in losing to Josh Emmett. But then his last two, Stevie Ray, that's a fight where I think Johnson probably could have got the nod. Like it was a very close fight. But the Tiago Moises fight just really is the definition of Michael Johnson. He 10-8'd Tiago Moises in the first round. Like He absolutely beat the brakes off of him. And then Tiago Moises just shoots for a heel hook 10 seconds into the round and taps Michael Johnson out. Like, I Does Clay Guida go out and heel hook Michael Johnson? No, but the thing is, I don't think Guida grapples, and that's whether Johnson has problems. I think it's just going to be a stand-up fight. And I think Johnson's a bit better of a striker at this current moment where he'll win a decision, but... I can't have faith in Michael Johnson. But what's kind of crazy is literally like three years ago, what was it? Yeah, three, four years ago, Michael Johnson was close to knocking out Justin Gaethje. Like that fight, yeah, rocked. Which that is fight was amazing. Amazing fight, man. Which is absolutely crazy to think where he is now and where Gaethje is and considering Michael Johnson also won that fight. But I'll pick Michael Johnson by decision, but I cannot bet uh, chalk on Michael Johnson. Let me get these comments. Marcel's taking Johnson by decision. And Daniel, this is this is good advice for anyone. He says half bangs knowing when not to bet. And Johnson and Guida's in his over probably just corrected himself there. So he's 100% right. I mean, there's a lot of shows that will give you a bet for every fight. I don't think that's really what me and Cole want to do here. Just because, quite frankly, you shouldn't bet in every fight. Uh, Greg gave you guys that advice that Nick gave me when I started doing this like 10 years ago. Pick a couple fights you're really confident in just and go all in. Not go all in, but, you know, be strong about them. Be, you know, feel your conviction with those. Um 
So that's that's my advice. But I mean, listen, if you want to bet every fight, it's up to you. It's your money. I'm just saying like what I want to do based on years of experience of winning and losing. <laughs> um, and then Kevin says FDDH. Kevin, it's gonna happen, man. You're you're gonna have the Mets having a DH. Probably I don't know if people don't like it. Like it's would you guys see a pitcher hit that hits like a buck twenty? I like the fact it's not a baseball podcast rule, so we, we we shouldn't get into it too much. But I like the fact that there's two rule sets. It's kind of cool. But at the same time, I know it's it's inevitable. It's not gonna happen anymore. And the, Pitcher's batting average is like 100. So, I mean, who really wants to see these guys get hit and risk of injury too? So, I think it's going to happen, Kevin, but I digress. Let's get on to the – oh, sorry. I didn't give my breakdown for this fight. Um, Yeah, I like Johnson. I like him actually quite a bit, guys. Uh, the more I looked into this one, the, the losing streak, obviously. I mean, this guy, he's been losing like in every fashion possible, knockout decision. Majority decision, knockout, ankle lock submission. So, he's finding new ways to lose somehow. But three-inch reach advantage, five-inch age advantage. The strikes land per minute, he's laying 4.23 compared to 2.41 for Clay. The takedown defense is 79%. That's what really stuck out to me. This takedown defense is good. Clay Guida's takedown accuracy, only 38%. He will spam takedowns in this fight. He will get a few. I don't think he's going to get enough. I think Johnson's sprawl and brawl his way to a decision here. Clay is very tough. He could get knocked out, actually. It's possible. He could get stopped. We've seen him get stopped by guys like Chad Mendez and a few other guys have stopped Clay Guida. Um, uh, who else stopped him? Brian Ortega stopped him as well with strikes. I don't see him getting finished by submission, even though he does quite often. And Johnson, you know, he could get tapped out by Guida if it goes to the ground. But in general, I think he sprawls and brawls his way to a win here. Um, I actually do like Johnson quite a bit. It's just it's very hard to trust him because of the losses. Like, for instance, the fight with um, uh, – what's his name? Steve, Stephen Ray. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I didn't think he'd lose that fight, Cole. Like, I was I was shocked. A lot of us were. were and a lot of us thought he won that fight, quite frankly. But it was close enough that the judges could screw it up, and I think they did. Anyways, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting fight. You know, Clay Guida, listen, he's made his career out of beating guys like this, where he takes it up, beats them up, Anthony Pettis, Nate Diaz, etc. Cole, Rafael Zanios. That's his bread and butter. He takes down strikers, beats them up. But I, I just think Johnson's takedown defense is good enough. He's training with a good enough team. He's going to have good training coming into this. I like him in this fight, guys. Uh, and uh, Daniel said the over he likes, too. I don't mind it either, but I, I do think there's a chance that Johnson could knock out uh, Guida like early on, he's got a lot of power that first round, so it's possible. But in general, I do think it probably goes a couple rounds, and I expect Johnson to win. So I like him quite a bit in this fight. All right, next up, Cole, we have a rematch between one of your guys, Diego Ferreira and Benil Darius. I absolutely love this fight. It's a great fight. Diego Ferreira right now is a slight favorite. He is minus 125, Darius plus 105. Uh, it, actually, that's exactly what the odds open, Cole. So the line really hasn't moved at all. It's a tough fight to pick. Who's your pick, though? Yeah, this is a really good fight. I think basically the rematch wasn't <clears throat> the first fight was in 2014. I don't even really look at it. Diego Ferreira took it on short notice. He wasn't even with four, like Fortis wasn't in jam. He wasn't with Save. Benil Darius. Both these guys are completely different fighters. Like I don't think you can really put much into Darius winning a decision in 2014. I actually agree with the odds here. I slightly favor Diego Ferreira. I think he's, I think his grappling is good enough where he can keep Darius standing and on the feet. I think Diego's a much better striker. I still have question marks about Darius's chin. Like I know he hasn't been knocked out, but Jakar Close, who literally has known finishes, isn't known for his knock power, stunned Benil Darius. If he had a bit more patience, he probably could have knocked him out. I think Ferreira probably hits harder than Close. I think he can be a bit more patient, but. I think Diego Ferreira can just keep standing and just outwork Darius to win a decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks him out, but I think his striking has improved a lot. And I think his grappling is good enough for him to keep it standing and just edge out a decision, maybe a late TKO. I love this fight, man. I, I, this probably is going to be the best fight of the card. There's a few other fights that are really good too, but this one is 
just really stands out to me. I absolutely love the fight. We've seen it once. It was actually seven years ago. Uh, I think on the Mendez and Aldo card, the second fight between them. So it was a long time ago, guys. Uh, these guys have changed a lot over the years. Ferreira, I think, has become a more cerebral fighter. I think he's a more polished fighter. He's on a six-fight win streak. He's looked incredible. The guy's a great fighter, man, and, and I, I'm high on him. And I've been picking him most of his fights, and he's been coming through. So I like him a lot. Darius is – man, he's been looking great. I mean, look at his – look at these wins. I mean, they're they're solid. Like Holtzman, close, Camacho, Dober. But I, I still think if you look closer at some of those fights, Cole, there's a lot of problems in this game. Like look at the fight with Gerard Carr close. He did get the knuckle call. He was rocked really bad himself, Cole. I don't know, man. I mean, listen, like Hernandez knocked him out. Barboza knocked him out. I know he's survived the onslaught lately. Nijim knocked him out too. I remember that back in the day. I I, I bet on Darius. I had a huge bet on him against Nijim. And Nijim finished him in the first round. I couldn't believe it. So this guy, he's looked great. But I still have massive questions about his chain, Cole. And I think this fight stays in the feet. And you know what? We're going to see a few surprises. Cole, here's my surprise tonight. I'm picking Diego Ferrer to knock out Benil Darius. I think he does it pretty early. Uh, I think he gets the win here, guys. I actually really like Ferrer, guys. I think the striking advantage is, is light. I think he's got better striking, more technical. Darius, certainly with the spinning back fists and everything, he's got you know that awkward, unorthodox style. And he's a southpaw too, which helps. But I just think Ferrer is going to be really technical in this fight. Keep getting Darius on the chin with the jab. Eventually land the right hand and, and put him out, Cole. So that's why I picked Ferrer by knockout. Might as well do it, man. And uh offense saying Darius' striking has been getting much better. It has, but I still feel like the striking defense is sloppy, Cole. I'm not sure what you think, but the fight with Close, Cole, what, what, what do you think about that finishing sequence? Yeah, that's what I mentioned is obviously Close doesn't have much knockout power, and he was close. If he was patient, he could have finished Darius. He was close to finishing him. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why Ferrer is a lot more patient striking. I think he probably hits harder than closer. I think he could connect and knock him out. That's exactly what I'm saying. I think he's really patient, Cole, and eventually gets the job. And maybe not the first round, but I think he'll get it done. But we'll see. I mean, Darius is great. And if he if he won, how could it surprise me? The guy is fantastic. I love him. Well, fan, when two fighters fighting, you don't want either one to lose, but a draw, the UFC have to give it a win bonus. Dude, that's what I'm saying. That's why I hate Marcel when people say – Oh, we, we need more draws. I'm like, you understand that one fighter is not going to get their win bonus. UFC is going to save that money, Cole. Like, it's actually – draws are not good. They're really not that good. It's better than a loss, I guess, but it's really not good. I'd rather see someone get the money than no one, than the UFC pocket, the line their pockets with it, Cole. All right, next up in this fight, I don't think we have odds, Cole. Uh, it's Cody Stamen against Asker Asker. It is not Asker Askarov, although I wouldn't mind seeing those guys fight again in the future, Cole. <laughs> but we got Cody Stamen against Asker Asker. And, and me and Cole talked about the fight before yeah. the podcast. We both think that Stamen will be a huge favorite here. Probably like, my, what, minus four, three, four hundred, something like that, Cole? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on this fight? Uh, what are your thoughts on Asker and Stamen taking him uh, on short notice here? I'm surprised Stamen did. This is such a risky fight for him. He has nothing to gain. Like, if he loses, he's probably out of the rankings. He has to work his bantamweight so stacked where he's going to have to work his way back up. Like, I thought even the Uwell fight was risky for him, but at least Uwell has somewhat of a name where if he wins, it's still going to be enough for him. This one, I don't really know how many people know who Oscar Asker is. I just expect Cody Stamen just to go to his roots and just absolutely out-wrestle Oscar Asker and win a decision. Cody Stamen just hasn't gotten the finish. He just kind of – he's more of a hold the position rather than try to go for that finish. And I think this fight, I think he's just going to play it safe. I think he knows he just has to get the win no matter what. And I think he's just going to out-wrestle and win a decision. Yeah, I think so too. The guy is probably going to be the bigger, stronger guy if I had to guess. I mean, he is a good fighter. He had some losses, obviously, with like that back. Like the Jimmy Rivera fight, 
Guess got picked apart by a better striker. I thought he'd probably win that fight, Cole. I think you picked him too in that one. I can't remember, but you know, the guy's good. We both like him a lot. Uh, Asker, from what I've seen, is a good prospect. He's coming off a win in LFA two months ago or whatever. So three months ago, I should say. So I mean, the guy's got some experience fighting decent competition, I guess, in LFA. But uh, in general, I mean, taking a short notice fight against the top 15 guy, that usually doesn't end up well, Cole. So got to go with Stamen, probably by decision. Maybe he gets a finish. Maybe this is the fight where he gets a finish, Cole, because, uh, you know, guy took a such short notice. Who knows how the weight cut's going to be for him? Babble fan, Stamen wanted to fight. UFC wanted to reschedule Marab and Ewell, but Stamen wanted to fight. Yeah, just probably because he was – you know, playing that weight cut for this card and didn't want to do that again. So I can see why that happened. Um, next up, Cole, we got – this is actually going to be my pick. This, I guess this would be my pick for fight of the night, yeah. This fight's going to be amazing, I think. Alexander Pantoja against Manel Cape. I love this fight, Cole. Um, right now we got Pantoja, minus 135, Cape, plus 115. Give me your picks in the comments, guys. I want to hear what you guys think about this. But, Cole, give me your thoughts on this one. I love this fight, Cole. Yeah, this is a really good fight. Two really good uh, strikers. I, a lot of knockout power, but I like Manil Cape here. I think he's a bit better of a striker. I'm not too sure if he's going to be able to knock the other one out. I wouldn't be surprised just because of how much power they have at 125, but I think Cape will be able to keep it standing a lot better. I think he's a lot better striker. I think he can just out-volume Pantosian, win a decision, if not a stoppage, but I'm really excited to see Manil Cape in the UFC. It, like, you don't go out there and knock out Kaya Sakura who I think is one of the best flyweights in the world, or yep. Bantam. Uh, but that's the thing, too, is obviously he was fighting at Bantamweight, so he had risen, so he's dropping down. Like I know he weighed in at like 132 pounds, so it's not that big of a difference to 125, but it's going to be interesting to see what his cardio looks like, what his power is like 125. But I think Pantoja is kind of a gatekeeper at flyweight. I don't really see him being a top guy fighting for the belt, maybe because of how shallow it is, but I think Manil Cape's a real deal, and I think he gets it done here. I love the fight, guys. I really do. I feel like you're uh, underrating Pantoja a little bit. He's a top five guy. I mean, he's proven that. If you look at his resume, Cole, it's quite good. He's never been finished, too, which is something that I'm really looking at here because, you know, Cape's an Aqua guy, and this guy's never been finished. I think that, to me, this is the toughest fight in the card to pick, I feel like. This is a really even fight because Pantoja has so much experience. And even the loss is cool. Like, the loss to Figueredo was a, a war in Edmonton. That fight was sick. Sick fight. He barely lost that fight. The Askarov fight, he barely lost that fight. He knocked out Matt Schnell. He knocked out Wilson Hayes. So this guy is really good, and he's never been finished. Tons of experience. I mean, there's a lot to like about Pantoja. Also, I mean, he looked good. He's looking good in his training, too. I was checking out his Instagram last night. He looks good. Having said that, Cape looks good, too. Cape's on a win streak right now. Cape's on a three-fight knockout streak. He knocked out Asakura, knocked out Mitsugaki. I like this kid, man. He's super aggressive. Tons of power. Walks forward, throws bombs. Got some nice wins. He beat Ian McCall a few years ago, too, and he's got some nice wins. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is the hardest fight to call because I can see Pantoja eating Cape shots in the first and grinding out a decision in a war, or I can see Cape just starching him in an incredible debut that you know, really proves that he's the number one contender. The, the layoff also scares me a little bit, Cole. It's been like over a year since he's fought. That worries me a little bit, too. But in general, I, I like what I saw from Cape. Uh, I really like the guy's power and aggressiveness. So in a fight that I think really could go either way, I, I got to pick someone. I'm going to pick Cape. But even with the plus money call, I'm not sure if I can bet it because I think Pantoja, if he survives those bombs, he can win. He's never been KO'd. That's what worries me. He's never been knocked out. But I still got to go with Cape. Jay, CSO, I got Cape. He's going to finish Pantoja, the first guy. That's what I'm thinking too. But again, if it doesn't happen, this is probably what's going to happen. And 
Marcel likes Pantoja. Marcel's a smart guy. So I can see that happening, Marcel, for sure. He's saying the grappling. <laughs> Ryan J, when's DC going to fight Lesnar? Dude, we were supposed to see that like three years ago when Brock came into the ring after he knocked out Steve. But yeah, cool. I'm, I'm excited to see Starboard in the UFC. Cool. I'm just, you know, this is a, he's fighting a top five guy in his debut. Should be interesting to see what happens. All right, three fights left, guys. Marion Renault against Macy Chason at 135. Right now, Macy is uh, my uh, minus 220 favorite. Renault plus 180. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I like Macy Chason here. Marion Renault, she just, I just have a hard time picking a 43 year old. Like, I, Macy Chason is a lot better striker, big re, uh, four inch reach advantage. And Marion Renault is on three fight losing streak. Katsugano, Yana Kuniskai, Raquel Pennington. I basically don't really see a path to victory because Marion Renault likes to get fights down to the ground. But I think Macy Chason is going to be a lot stronger where she can basically just like big sister her and just kind of like throw her off of her and not let her get a takedown on the feet. Macy's a much better striker. I think it really comes down to do you think Macy finishes Marion Renault? She's been very durable in her career, never been finished. And I think that kind of continues here. I don't see Macy being able to knock her out. I think she'll just be able to outstrike her and win a decision. Yeah, finally, we can say a confident bet here. I absolutely love Chason in the spot. I think the minus 220 price is cheap. I, I, she's being undervalued. She be, should be like minus three or 400. Very Renault is a pure fade. Like, you know, I don't want to rag her for her age. She's 43 years old. She's fighting the UFC. That's incredible. Yeah. How often do 43 year olds win fights? Very rarely. I don't see that happening here. She's on a three fight losing streak. Cole, you look at the stats for her fights, dude, like she has no activity in her fights recently. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's a, a time where Renault was quite good. She beat Andrade. She beat Dufresne in her first two fights. She looked amazing. She fought home and never been the same since then. After that fight, they pushed her a little bit too soon. She's never been the same. She's on three fight losing skate Cole. Her uh, her her actor volume striking is not great. Macy Chase on lands more strikes per minute. Macy Chase on is a better grappler. And and Renault's takedown defense only fifty one percent cool. She's gonna get taken down. I think at will here. I think the question is does Chase on win by stoppage or decision? But you know, for me, it's it's decision because you look at Renault, she's pretty tough. So Chason bought decision plus 135. I don't mind that either. I like Chason a lot, Cole. Uh, Cole. I really like her. She might be my most confident pick in the car, one of them. I like her a lot. But I'm with Marcel. shouldn't be on that high in the main card either. <laughs> we may see a lockout here. <laughs> That's funny. Kevin Scott, I think the Bellator's return by pulling names on the hat. It's possible. Yeah, this shouldn't be in the main card. But they like Chason. They, they're high in her. And, you know, she's also someone that's kind of had some, like, personal issues. I, I think, like, the apartment she lived in, like, exploded yeah. or something. Like, and she, like, lost – I think you lost her cat, if I'm not mistaken, or, like, a lot of personal belongings. So, she's been through some stuff. But, yeah, I like her in this fight. Okay, next up, co-main event, Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sanhagen. Man, massive odds for Cole. Give me your thoughts on this one. Minus 425 for Corey and plus 340 for Frankie. Give me your thoughts, guys, in the chat, too, because, to me, these odds seem kind of high. What do you think? I think the odds are way off because, look – I think Frankie Edgar is one of the best wrestlers at Bantamweight. And we saw Corey Sandhagen slip up when Aljamain shot for a takedown. Like, what's saying Edgar can't do the same thing? Like, that's saying if Sandhagen never fought Aljo and he was undefeated in the UFC, I could totally see the odds being this high against Edgar. But the Aljamain Sterling fight was just two fights ago where the first takedown Sterling got hopped onto his back real quick and submitted him. Like, I'm not really sure why people are so high on Sandhagen. Like, I. Still, like Sanhagen is a future title uh, challenger, but a Frankie Edgar wrestling, I think, is much better than Aljo. So, I think if he can get this fight down to the ground, like he could easily submit Corey Sanhagen. I'll pick Corey Sanhagen because I think his grappling is, I think that was just kind of a fluke, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if Frankie Edgar wins this fight. There's absolutely no way you can lay that kind of chalk in Corey Sandhagen. If anything, it's really dog or pass here, but I'll take Corey Sandhagen by decision because I don't think he can knock out Edgar either. I mean, I think the odds are too high, but listen, there's a path to victory for both guys, so this is going to sound weird because I'm going to say the odds are too high and I don't bet it, but I still think Sandhagen probably wins by KO because I think that's his path to victory here. What I think I like the most about him here is just the length and stuff, Cole. Like, he's just so long and and we saw that against Marais, able to keep distance. Like, really, Frankie's reach is long for, for a guy his size. It's only two-inch shorter reach, but, you know, Sandhagen's five inches taller. He's got the switch stance. You look at the strikes land per minute, it's laying 6.88 per minute in seven fights in the UFC. So that's a big sample size at this point. Frankie Edgar only 3.7. Not bad because he's fighting championship fights. But, you know, the, the question is the, the takedowns, I think, Cole, because I was surprised when I saw Corey's takedown defense is 30%. Uh, Rafael Sensel took him down like five times in that fight. He still won the fight, but he got taken down a bunch. So that does worry me because if Frankie can get the takedowns, he can grind it out. And Frankie could possibly just stay on the feet and outbox him and just be faster and be more lucid. But in general, I still got to go with saying the younger guy, Cole, 11 years younger, Cole, that stands out to me, 28 to 39. Um, and, you know, I thought Frankie lost his fight against Pedro Munoz. So I don't know. We'll see because he could win. He's a big, he's a big dog. The value's on him, like JCSO says. I agree. The value's on Frankie. I still got to go with with uh, Sangin. I just I don't think it better, but Kevin Scott likes uh, Frankie by uh, decision. Yeah, I mean it's possible for sure. All right, Cole. Finally, main event of the evening: Alistair Overeem against Alexander Volkov. Right now, actually, I should say the opening odds had Overeem minus one twenty five, Volkov plus one hundred five. Right now, Volkov's minus one eighty five, Overeem's plus one sixty. So the odds have completely flipped. All the action coming in seems like on Volkov early on. What are your thoughts on this fight, Cole? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I think I have to go with Volkov. I know Overeem wins, it's a dog, but I think there is a path to for Overeem. But the thing is, normally how he wins fights is he gets the stoppage win. I don't really think he can knock out Volkov. Volkov's the only really blip in the UFC. Other Like, Curtis Blades couldn't even finish him, which I think really tells a lot. And I think this fight's just going to be a stand-up fight, and I think Volkov can use his reach and just kind of pick apart Overeem. I don't really know if I see a finish here. Like maybe Volkov finishes Overeem late, but Overeem has been very durable lately. So I would be surprised as a Volkov by decision, but I like Volkov here. And I think this actually might be the last time we see Overeem fight just because, wow. just because I think he's talked about this is his final run. He's going to retire. And I think if he loses to Volkov, it's going to take him a lot more fights. And I'm not really sure if he sticks around after that. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, listen, he is one of the gold type greats. I know Marcel loves him. He's one of his uh, homeland guys. Cole, it'd be nice to see him win a belt before he retires. Having said that, Cole, I feel like his best chance was against Stipe in that fight where he almost choked him out with the guillotine, where he says he tapped. Um, and I don't know if he'll get back there. But I have been betting on him as a dog a lot lately, guys. And he's been coming through. The Augusto Sakai fight, Pavlovich, he was a dog against. Olenek, he was, a, I think, a small favorite, but not that big of a favorite. Walt Harris, he was, he was a dog in that fight, I think, too, actually. He's always a dog, Cole, and he keeps winning. He's been knocking guys out, finishing them in brutal fashion on the ground mostly. And even the Rosenstruck fight, I mean, listen, guys, he was four seconds away from winning clear unanimous decision. I actually had tweeted the fight. I tweeted it out, and I had to delete it right a second later, Cole. I was like 54 or 49-46 because he won the last round. I was like, you got to go over. And then he gets KO'd, and I'm like, okay, well, spoke too soon. <laughs> That's why you wait till exactly the fight's over because you never know what's going to happen. But, man, I got to go with Overeem, Cole. I got to go with him. Listen, it's super dangerous. His chin is super questionable, Cole. 14 knockout losses. I mean, that's not good. But I still believe in his, uh, his 
his IQ. I think he is one of the smartest guys we've ever seen in the heavyweight division, Cole. He's really good at game plans. I think he'll take uh, Volkov down. And, and just like Blades is, Blades is his teammate, Blades is he's going to teach him every trick in the trade that Volkov did to him. Volkov could finish him with like a knee if he goes in for a takedown or with a punch. Or if he gasses out late, Volkov can win too. But in general, I like over in this fight, guys. I, I think you got to take him as a dog here. Of course, I respect Cole's opinion, man. I, I respect Cole a lot. I, I just on the opposite side on this one. And actually, Cole, I think we're on the opposite of like three or four today, which is nice to see. I, I don't, I don't like being, me and Cole don't want to be in the same side every time. I mean, that's not fun, right? So it's nice to see, even though we don't talk about beforehand, Cole, I don't, we don't ever message saying, hey, who do you like in this fight? Only when fights first announced, when we laugh about fights like Chargers Gano being announced. That's it. Get some more comments. We've got five minutes left here, Cole. Uh, Babel fan saying, I, I got to say, I'm kind of upset with the BS people talking about Frankie in the comment section. Uh, on Facebook and Twitter, questioning how good he is. Of course, he isn't prime. Dude, the, the problem I have with this is he says the dude's legend. I agree. The problem I have with this, Marcel, is not with you, with them. It happens with every fighter. Every fighter, you can look back at the end of the career and be like, oh, they, they suck. They were beating guys that aren't that good. That always happens. Like, it happens to GSP, Chuck, everyone. Eventually, there's always going to be better fighters come in, and you're going to look at the old guys and be like, they were fighting guys that aren't that good. That's what people are going to say. So they're wrong, uh, Babel fan. Frankie Edgar is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, Cole. As soon as he retires, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Top five lightweight of all time, Cole? I think he. there's a case. And what's I even crazy about Frankie Edgar is he won a championship, probably 20 pounds of yeah. That I talked to him, and he basically said, like, I should have been a bantamweight. Like, when he fought at lightweight, that was because he didn't really know cutting weight that good. So he just and, fought. And the, U- the UFC yeah. didn't have those divisions when he, when he entered the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing he said. He would walk into the cage, probably he said at like one fifty-eight. He said, "Whatever I weigh, that's what I weigh." Like he would eat a full breakfast, like pancakes, whatever he wanted, on the mornings away in days when yeah. he's lightweight. And he said, "I knew guys were one hundred and eighty pounds, but I just couldn't go anywhere else. So I had to fight at fifty-five. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, if they had one forty-five when he made his debut, I think in two thousand seven or whatever, maybe he would have been in that weight class. Kevin Scott says, I think comments are from people who just started watching the last two, three years. Yeah, Conor McGregor fans, they don't understand the history. It's so true, dude. I mean, actually, me, me and Marcel last week, we were, we were just talking after the podcast, and he showed me his collection of movies, and I told him I have a massive too, collection, too. I'm a history major in this sport. So, you know, for me, it's like a guy like Edgar, I can appreciate the, the wins he had, especially the prime DJ wins, the fight in Abu Dhabi, and then the second fight in Boston. He beat him even worse in that fight. First fight, maybe he should have lost that, but. He is great, and I thought he beat Benson Henderson, too, in their second fight. The first fight he lost, too. But, he, man, like, three weight classes, Cole, you know, competed for the title, 145, went to distance with Aldo twice. I mean, the guy's a legend, Cole. He's one of the greatest of all time. Kevin Scott, Volkov's resume is pretty thin, lacking big wins other than a washed up doom. That's true, too, but, listen, he was, like, 10 seconds away from beating Derek Lewis. That would look a lot better right now. Um, and in general, I think he's actually proven to be pretty good. You know, Cole, the more I look at Volkov's resume, why did Bellator let him go? He was like 25 years old and they cut him, Cole. Why? Tell me why. I don't know. And he like beat Bogoy Ivanov and uh, Bellator. Like he has a win over like uh, Tim Johnson, which I guess is okay. But it's like he obviously doesn't have the best wins, but that's because he hasn't really fought a lot of top guys. Like the top guys, Derek Lewis. I think if they fight like 10 times, I would probably say Volkov wins six or seven of them. I think that was just where. Like that fight wasn't very close. Like Volkov was a Derek clear Lewis fight. Wasn't it like a clear 30, 27? Oh yeah. Yeah. He got KO'd with like 10 seconds. Yeah. Left. Like it wasn't that close a fight until Lewis caught him. Like Volkov easily could have just 
if that fight happens now, I'm pretty sure Volkov just literally just runs circles around the octagon and doesn't engage at all. And then Greg Hardy, like say John about Greg Hardy, but that fight wasn't even close. Even Curtis Blades, like I know he lost, but he still had some moments in that fight where I still think he's a top heavyweight. And I think Overeem just kind of like even Overeem's last couple of wins, like Walt Harris got Sky. Like I think uh, Volkov probably beats them. Like he did beat Walt Harris in better fashion, but I think even the Gustavskai Volkov beats too. Is it just me or fights getting harder to pick now, Cole? It feels like oh, they're, just, they're like the matchmaking is so good now. Like it's tough, man. Some of these fights are really close. Like you guys are giving me reasons to like Volkov now, even though I love over as a dog looking into this. Battle fans says Tim Johnson won that fight. <laughs> that was in the UFC, though, Cole. That was his first fight in the UFC. But yeah, but yeah I mean, like, it, yeah, I mean, like, I think there is some something to say about his, his, his wins not being great. But I think in general, he just fought decent competition. Cole. Like he fought in Belter for years. He beat him like even off, like you said, um, beat some other decent guys. I, I like, I like Volkov. Don't get me wrong. I just think that as a dog, I got to go with Wolverine. To me, it's a no brainer. Um, I mean, we got two minutes left, Cole. So like really, we shouldn't uh, talk a lot about anything else except for, I guess, Dustin Poirier really quick and what's going to happen with this? We have one minute left, Cole. Give me your thoughts. What's going to happen with Dustin Poirier? Connor Trilogy. That's what it's, it's all about money, right? Because it, it, to me, it was really bizarre when he's like, I'll let Chandler and Oliver for a fight for the belt on watch. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? To me, it's got to be a money thing, Cole. He, he probably wants Connor in the third. He says he wants an interesting fight, right? Is that the Connor Trilogy to you? Connor Trilogy or Nate Diaz? Like, you think you'd rather fight Nate than Charles Oliver or Chandler? You think? 100%. Yeah. Like even talking about the air, he's like the Natius fight. It makes absolutely no sense, but those are the fights that wake me up in the morning that make me want to train. Like I don't really know. Like if you're Poirier's friend and you're asking Dustin, "Oh, who you're fighting?" and you say Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, they obviously know. If they say Charles Oliveira, like even to my casual friends, they are like they watch that event because of Conor, and now they know who Poirier is, and they're even asking, "Oh, is who's Poirier going to fight next?" If I say Charles Oliveira, they'll be like, "I don't even know who that is." Yeah, it's crazy because he's had like what 30, 25, 30 fights in the UFC. He's been in the UFC for twelve years or whatever now. But you know, I think Poirier wants a big fight. I think the UFC wants a big fight, Cole. So on paper, obviously Oliver deserves and, a shot. But I think you're right, Cole. Go ahead. And I think with Chandler coming out and saying like Oliver turned it on, I think not gonna lie, I think Oliver is Dana White's hates when people do that, turn down those fights, or I think they're gonna kind of push Oliver to the side now where I think they're going to do Connor Poirier three and Chandler Gaethje. And now Oliver is kind of on the outside looking in. Babble fan. If he fights Nate for the time, we'll be mad pissed. And I love Nate. I can't wait to see Marcel angry. I love when he gets angry about George's Danho fights. When he, <laughs> takes a, when he takes a knee and tries to get a point deduction call. I can't wait to see what happens if they announce Nate Diaz gets a title shot over guys like Charles Oliver and Chandler and more guys. But we'll see what happens. And now we got Gaethje talking about a smack to you, Cole. So there's a lot of options, but, uh, I think it's wrong if Poirier isn't one half of the next title fight. I, yep. I, would, I would just really – how could you say it's the lightweight title when you have the best lightweight other than Habib? He's the best lightweight in the world right now besides Habib. Yep. If he doesn't fight for the lightweight belt, is it really the lightweight title call? I don't think so. Dan Edwards, UFC has millions of reasons to do Conor Dustin too. Absolutely. All right, Cole. That's it for today. Thank you, man. Thank you, everyone, in the comments. Cole's going to plug his stuff. I will, too. We'll get out of here. Go ahead, Cole. Yeah, Twitter, Alcoholshaw91. The show this week is Frankie Edgar, Diego Ferreira. I left Cody Stamen and Andre Will in it just because uh, I only talked about the Stamen fight a bit with Will. It was more about the Bantamweight division, him moving up to 45. Stamen was more about that Marab fight and the Bantamweight division, like TJ Dillashaw, all that stuff. So I thought it was still relevant. And then Mike Rodriguez. 
And then Fighter Picks, the main Kobe event. Everything else is always on my Twitter. Yeah, Twitter at MMMartin, MMAOddsBreaker.com. It's the home, my home, home of the podcast. Check it out. Opening odds for Volkov over in card. My main event breakdown, written form. Got a bunch of other people writing. Cole's going to start writing for us now. I think you got an article this week, Cole, or next week. You just sent it in, so hopefully soon. Um, BJPen.com, that's where the, the home of us is as well. And I also do some articles at MMARings.net. And that's it right now. So thanks, guys, again. And I'll be back on Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Have a great day, Cole. Thanks again for, for joining, man, and a great breakdown.